there is an indefinable, mysterious power that pervades everything. I feel it, though I do not see it. Almighty God has only sent one religion, but He has sent many messengers. When He sent messengers who got messages, by the passage of time, the message got changed. We must especially guard against the simplistic reductionism which sees only good or evil, or if you will, the righteous and sinners. Hello, I'm your host, Griffin Elzey, and as you're about to hear, I put this podcast together as an exploration of the topic of religious difference and the varying approaches to it. I'm just an interested student of religion looking for the truth the same as everybody else. I make no claim to be an expert or even an amateur podcaster or theologian. Just an interested person fortunate enough to overturn some rocks and search for my answers. So please enjoy, thank you for listening, and welcome to the Kern Mantle Project. Why is it called the Curran Mantle Project? Well, the name comes from a type of rope, and this particular type of rope derives the majority of its strength from the woven cord or current. Around this current is the protective sheath. It keeps the core safe from abrasion, cuts, dirt, etc. This is called the mantle. If you put them together, you have a current mantle rope. While each component is important, the sheath is built as a function of the core and is only meant to protect it. Degrade the core and you cannot trust the rope, but discard the sheath and what remains still serves the original purpose, though it's definitely not as robust as it is in its complete state. In a nutshell, what really matters is the core. Similarly, there are core principles that relate to almost every religion. The pursuit of living a moral life, the notion that selfish, destructive behavior should be avoided, emphasis on community involvement and ritual, and most importantly, the existence of some unknowable ultimate reality, either in the form of God, gods, or some less descript entity. Religious conflicts do not arise because two groups cannot agree on whether community involvement is beneficial or not. War is not started over whether it is morally right to treat our neighbors with compassion or kindness. Even the most fundamental core principle is rarely in question. It is not whether an ultimate reality exists but the problem of how different religions describe their version of it. These core principles are not in conflict. Instead, religious difference is driven by discrepancies of detail, and the detail arrives from these ancillary aspects. Most religions describe their god or gods or their ultimate reality as an omnipotent and omnibenevolent entity. Most religious texts describe these concepts as being vastly beyond human comprehension. From the Hindu Kena Upanishad, what cannot be spoken by words, but that whereby words are spoken, know that alone to be Brahman. From Taoism's Tao to Jain, that which can be called the Tao is not the Tao. From the Christian Bible, great is our Lord, and abundant in strength, his understanding is infinite. From Sikhism's Guru Granth Sahib, none can know the limit of his being. From the Muslim Quran, faced with the sublimity of the details of his order, man becomes in awe, recognizing that Allah's wisdom, knowledge, and might are infinite. This is one of those core aspects that is a through line for religions. However, these same religions make the attempt to assign characteristics to God, 
and then explain what they want from us, guide us on how to appease them, and often denounce any attempts to say otherwise, all the while stating that God is infinite and beyond comprehension. Now, these are two mutually exclusive notions, one that is a core principle to all religions, and the other that differs from each religion. So, which one do we choose? Well, luckily we don't have to. All we need to do is recognize this contradiction and allow it to drive the understanding that we can't rationally state that somebody's wrong in their detailed description of the unknowable because we can't rationally state that we are right either. In essence, we try to take these gods and these ultimate realities and shape them. We try to protect them with our sheaths of description from flawed religious text and human-derived commentary. But if we take these fundamental descriptions of God being infinite at their word, and accept that humans do not have the ability to comprehend the infinite, then we can only arrive at the conclusion that we have no ability to comprehend God. In other words, the omnipotent center of those religions that we all hold most dear could never fit into the sheaths we're trying to hold them with. Instead, it's merely our way of trying to understand that which cannot be understood and share that little understanding with others. In this way, the ancillary aspects of religion like religious texts are a miracle of human literature, ingenuity, and perhaps divine intervention. This is because they allow us to feel like we've captured lightning in a bottle. In the south of India, in a little beach town called Goa, I met a Hindu monk named Ananda. While Ananda and I were talking, he made the analogy that if God is the ocean, then we are but a drop of water. So if I could explain it like this, it's like if God were to be compared to an ocean, yeah. right? we would be a drop of that ocean, a tiny particle of that ocean, right? Now you'll hear a lot more from Ananda later, but I really like this analogy and I wanted to use it while introducing the concept of religious difference. The notion that a person can claim to know the ocean in its entirety, or even to some significant degree, based on examining one glass, is not exactly an objective truth. Just like reading a translated and conflicting text on an infinitely powerful entity and saying you understand the entity is not an objective truth. Let's take this analogy a little further. If you try to describe the smell of water in your glass, and you say it smells briny, and somebody on the far side of that ocean does the exact same thing, and they say it smells fishy. You are now ascribing similar yet different details to the same body of water. Let's suppose years later, you are both living in a post-apocalyptic desert village where no one has ever seen the ocean, if it even still exists, and you're persuading the few surviving people who have never even seen a body of water, let alone one as massive as the sea, to believe your account of what the ocean is like. And instead of focusing on the common experience of the ocean's liquidity or its salinity or its vastness, you hone in on the difference that is clearly not objective, which is the smell. This is religious difference in a nutshell. You both provide testimony of your experience with the sea publicly and pit your abilities of persuasion, debate, and storytelling against one another to see how many people you can garner support from. You even write down your experience for others to read on their own to distribute in order to spread your view of the ocean's makeup. People begin to discriminate others based on whether or not they think the sea is fishy or briny. And what started as a conversation about an unbelievably wonderful and massive thing has now snowballed into uncivilized disagreement. Now the analogy breaks down here because it's unlikely, even in this crazy post-apocalyptic scenario, that anyone would be killed because they truly believe, based on this testimony, 
that the ocean is briny. But if this analogy was still representative of a religious difference, then eventually millions of people would die. Ultimately, the contents of those glasses mattered not at all, because knowing every detail of a vast ocean based on analyzing 16 ounces of it is absurd. Just like saying that comprehending the infinite is possible based on a thousand or so pages of ancient text, not to mention the human mind's finite capability. The other way this analogy could have gone was the observers could have focused on the observable similarities and agreed on the common ground. Similarly, the religious persons that argue over discrepancies in detail about a being that is roundly agreed upon to be unknowable could instead focus on the common core principles of all religions. Instead of agreeing that the omnibenevolent God believes in mitigating suffering, some believers induce suffering. Instead of agreeing that an omnipotent being supports treating others with compassion, they use obscure passages to treat others with malevolence. Instead of reverently cherishing the temporary and beautiful nature of each and every life on this earth, the radically religious have cut millions of lives short. This is the problem of religious difference, historically one of the largest obstacles to peace. It is a problem I could not help but notice from an early age, and one that through its darker nature has shaped my life in many ways. I've studied religion for most of my life, both personally and academically, and recently embarked on a trip to explore the perspectives on religious difference across the globe. This five-part podcast will aim to explore the most common approaches to religious differences, and also highlight the tolerant perspectives I discovered in my global research. If you are recoiling from what you've heard already, please know that I have nothing but respect for religion and a great adoration for its beautiful side. I'm committed wholeheartedly to the freedom of worship and personal belief. With this project, I merely want to explore the simple solution of shifting perspectives to fix the long-standing problem of religious difference in hopes of a better future. To be clear, I don't think the world would be a better place if everyone let go of their grasp on religion. In fact, I believe it would be a darker place, a colder place. But maybe, if we could just loosen those grips a little bit, then everybody would be a lot better off. That is why the stated goal of this podcast is to inform people out there that your belief of other people from different faiths is not predestined. I didn't know this, or at least I had never considered the alternative until I was 25, when I met a man in Afghanistan who casually mentioned his belief that we all come into heaven through different doors. I didn't have to believe what this man said at all, but him simply mentioning this different perspective that I had never heard of shifted the way I looked at religion because I had never been told this was even an option. By discussing our beliefs and exploring our different perspectives on everything from politics to philosophy, from morals to religion, we grow as individuals and as a society. In order to do this, though, we must first overcome the obstacle of difference. And if this can be accomplished with regards to religion, then it can be accomplished in all other forms as well. I'll end the introductory podcast here, and I welcome you to tune into the next episode where we will look at the biggest problems facing people of different faiths. Thank you very much for listening.